Hello there. Prasuparo is a Buddhist monk living at the Wat Tamkrabok Monastery in Thailand. And he's also known as Peter Radcliffe, who's one of my best friends and a musician that I've um, played with, toured with a lot. Uh, I miss him a lot. And I wanted to talk to him again. I spoke to him uh, on the first series of the Super Connected Conversations I did uh, for the podcast. And uh, so we got together to have a chat about analog and digital and what it's like from the perspective of a practicing Buddhist. I uh, hope you enjoy this super connected conversation. How is it? And I should be absolutely. Yes, you should. <laughs> uh, noted, duly noted. Okay, and relax. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Hello. How are you, man? Nice to I'm, see you. I'm really good. Yeah, I'm really good. I'm. I. I feel lucky to be able to say I'm really good at the moment. Yeah. Well, yeah. As we all are, if we can, indeed. Yeah. How are you? <laughs> uh, pretty good. Uh, hot. It's getting very to that sort of stupid hot time of year now. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. That wonderful way it does, where it's just like turning on a switch and you just go, oh, hot season. Apart what from that, time is it? What time is it? Uh, you it's half past 10 at night. It's a bit bit late for me, but hey, rock and bit roll. A bit late. It's me leading you astray from your from your Buddhist precepts. Yes, again. Yeah, <laughs> up at 10.30, drinking a cup of tea. <laughs> Uh, uh, well, look, I I obviously come preloaded with some questions, um, uh-huh. and I, 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 I I've explained at the beginning to our listeners or viewers exactly, you know, who you are, what you do, what our um, relationship is, and all that, and okay. um, and um, I I really want to talk about. Oh, I really, really want to listen to you talk about um, that wonderful surprise that many Westerners get when they come to Tamkrabok Monastery. Mm. And uh, oh, there's monks with mobile phones, and some of them, <laughs> some of them with extraordinary um, computer gear that's doing all kinds of stuff. And uh, and of course, mm. um, there's a, a big explanation as to why. Um, so. In in terms of, you know, technology being good for us or bad for us, uh, ha- what's, what's your take on it there as a monk in the community? Ooh. Okay, good, bad, or just it is what it is and it is what you make it. I mean, well, uh, good. Yeah, I, can, I, can, I can answer it in all of those ways. Um, I mean... I remember being here 20 years ago when, um, nearly 20 years ago, when uh, this kind of technology was quite new. Um, and um, and the, the, the sentiments you just expressed are like, what, a monk with a mobile phone? Um, uh, very much in favor of it there, and, and very crucial as well to point out that it only looks strange if you presume that we're sort of cosplaying monks in the Middle Ages. You know, and so we wouldn't have anything they didn't have. But of course, I mean, you know, the point of being a monk is to not have things beyond what is needed. 
And so we are now in the 21st century. And you just go, well, look, what if there's a monk who's, you know, someone needs to get hold of him. He's an administrator. Someone's going to meet him. What are we supposed to do? Send a pigeon, you know, because it's more authentic. Um, so as I said, yeah, it's not pretending to be monks. You have to keep adjusting, understanding what the essence of it is. Um, and I know a lot of it looks a bit old fashioned, like we wear this stuff, so that doesn't go together, but there's a very good reason for wearing this stuff and it's not to look I, uh, can i um, can i second guess you that it's because you're all fans of jedi knights and star wars mm, mm, i was about to give you the official explanation though <laughs> in fact oh you've got one you've got uh, a star wars explanation uh um no, i'll give you the official explanation but then possibly at the end of the program, I'll show you my special little Yoda picture that I have. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, yes, uh, but the the official explanation, well, you're quite correct, um, is that these are actually the simplest possible garments you can make. Uh, I, I'm wearing three things, but each of them, if it's unfolded, is a rectangle. Mm. Um, it's uh, the simplest shape. You work out interesting ways you can fold it so they stay on. Um, and it's just to reduce your needs to nothing. It's like if a monk didn't have a robe with very basic sewing skills and a few bits mm. of scrap cloth, he could have one pretty quickly. Um, it's, it's just to make sure that you're never dependent on a bunch of stuff. And so that does raise a difficult issue because obviously the nature of technology, well, things generally, but particularly this 21st century breed of desirable things, they're engineered to persuade you that they are necessary so that definitely does you know with a bit of time having passed since me just going yeah embrace all this stuff why the hell not um to see what a lot of other people are seeing but i mean it's very stark in a monastic context and i mean definitely one thing that you really notice has changed is that um if someone comes to practice, you know, and you know, not practicing is, is demanding and it's not for everyone. And some people aren't do, are doing it because they know something's wrong and they've got to work on themselves, but it's going to be difficult. They're not just going to slip into it. And, uh, and it, there was a pretty good rule of thumb. If a monk wasn't doing too well, you noticed because you'd see him all the time. You know, he'd always be out and about sort of finding spurious reasons to have conversations with people and have encounters. And if he was in his uh, hut, a lot of the time in his room, basically you presumed he was meditating. Now, sometimes now that has completely reversed, that there are, you know, so many things you can do inside your room, which are uh, a waste of time or possibly even detrimental. Um, so that's, that, that's an interesting way that I really notice it's flipped over here. And like before, if your practice wasn't going so well, after a while, you'd, just, you'd either get down to it or you'd quit. Because of and with mobile phones <laughs> and, and and with mobile phones and apps and uh, you know social networking uh, uh, and anything else that uh, purports to be helping to enhance your life or make make you more efficient in in the things that we do, uh, but actually there's an addictive quality. What what what's that like from a standpoint of being um, you know a, a practicing Buddhist? Uh, that that's that you're responsible, aren't you, for part running an addiction <laughs> facility, um, and and there's some 
and uh, you know uh, addiction with alcohol and addiction with drugs or cigarettes um is one thing and but oh. and, and we know a fair bit about it because it's been part of all of our lives for such a long time uh, oh. but addiction to um social media or or you know, or just contact um is something different and more recent um what where, where's the um where's the point in the monastery where you and the other monks who are working and helping in such a beautiful way uh, people that are suffering with addiction um wh wh where does that sort of become a part of you know when when someone's trying to get off heroin or, or something like that but they're constantly on their mobile phone as well mm -hmm. uh, which i'm sure must have happened a few times what what what's your view on that <laughs> or, what's your view and what's the monastery's view because i know it's two, two different things it's a well I'll, I'll give you my view and i'll tell you the monastery's policies uh yeah right. and, and i mean this is a big old topic yeah <laughs> so um it's, it's huge okay well we you know we've got uh, just under half an hour but but yeah. I'll, I'll try and keep it very disciplined um well i mean i'll tell you the easy bit first i mean the policy about communications is and always has been since there was the possibility of, of personal communications uh has always just been when you come in for detox if we're talking about the the experience of a detox patient as opposed to a monk um you surrender such things you know you and um even you know when i was first here 2002 not everybody had a mobile phone a lot of people did but not everyone did and the policy then was just it's like when you arrive you know do you want to make a call to let people know you've arrived like when you're halfway through your stay do you want to make a call to say, hey, it's going okay? And then when you come out, you know, you, you get a call at the end to make the next arrangement. Now, um, I mean, I can tell you now that, you know, in less than two decades, if um, people were presented with that as the deal now, there would be a full-scale mutiny that it would be the, the dependence has increased so much. Um, and I see to a certain extent that these things create their own need, that... Um, I mean, I remember noticing in the 90s, I, I had to be a reluctant early adopter of the, the brick-sized heavy mobile phone because people said, you're working freelance, you know, you've got to have one. And I went, nah. And then I just realized I had too many times I got home to an answer phone with people saying, do you want to do this gig? And I called them back and there was no gig because the world moved. It's like you, you, they need to know now. Nobody books anybody a month in advance, you know, anymore. It's like you've got to be, yeah. So I, I accept that, but also definitely you see the um, you you see the the addictive quality, and that they're not saying so much. Look, I really have to make some arrangements, and this is very important. Or they might start out saying that, but really, if you just sort of turned the sound down and saw what they were acting out, it's like you are violating my rights. I need this. I will die if I cannot do the things. Uh, uh, and and they believe it. And then I saw you know an echo in it. And I mean, look how. I mean, this is a big old issue. So let's not talk about the rights and wrongs how social media recently started just cutting out certain politicians or people and just saying like, bam, you're not on our platform anymore. You can't speak to people through us. And there's many issues there about how, how they were choosing who they were. Let's not get into that. But the reaction that I saw from people 
that it really was, you know, this is shutting down freedom of speech. This is a violation of my rights. How do you decide he's got the right to speak? And you went, hang on, this is a private company, you know, since when did uh, this become such a burning issue as uh, unable to get access to clean drinking water? But uh, that seems to be the level yeah. on which people are seeing this. Um, and I will just tell you that, you know, there is probably no greater single cause of dramas with people undergoing detox um, uh, than their access to their mobile phone, which we still try to keep. Wow. Wow. Yeah. It's I mean, that bad. when, when I did um, my uh, detox uh, in the monastery, which was 18 years ago, 2003. Uh, I mean, I had a, a what, we now refer to as a dumb phone then. Uh, but I remember <laughs> then saying, you know, leave that with your passport and your keys and everything else before you go into the treatment centre. Mm. And um, you with that? I was. I, I, I had a partner at the time and I, I, I wanted, I remember wanting to get in touch with her, mm. but, um, but realised that I, I, I actually quite, I enjoyed the surrender aspects of, of being in treatment. This, mm. this side of, of, oh, someone else is taking care of everything, you know, uh, for mm. three and a half weeks or whatever. I, I, I love that. And, and, and actually, in some respects, I've, I've, I sort of reconnected to that part of myself during the lockdowns. But I won't go into all that. But, um, uh, but I can't believe that. So it's a real, like, because I, I, I know what it's like there when patients argue with monks. <laughs> it's seen it so oh, many yeah. I mean, I think it, it is. And, and um, I think they have like three times a week access to their phones. They're like you mm -hmm. can come over to the office and you can use it and there'll be an allotted period, which is not ungenerous. It'll be like half an hour, you know, or at least. Yeah. And, and always at the end they're going yeah 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 and it gets it's um and wow. i can see many reasons i mean one thing that occurred to me was i mean like i talked about i remembering these remembering these things coming in and me getting one but i remember distinctly before that um the first person i knew the first person in my circle who got one and we were all young musicians and um he really was the guy who was fixing a lot of the gigs in town. You know, he was like very busy generating loads of work for us. Um, and it was like a massive thing. You could club someone to death with it, you know. Um, and good God, we, we mocked him and teased him about it, about how important you are. Oh, you're such a big deal, aren't you? I can't be without my mobile. Oh, did you forget your mobile? And, <laughs> And with him, it was vaguely justifiable. I saw that. Okay, he's generating. And later when I saw how hard it was without it. But then mm -hmm. I just realized this is an incredibly basic thing about them. This is it. They make you feel important. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's like uh, they make you feel like when we remember first seeing them, we go, who do you think you are that it's so important if the world can't get hold of you for a little while? Mm um and do you think do you think it is uh, then in sorry to interrupt but um yeah. just i'm just sort of tuning into what you're saying a bit and 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 because uh, there's someone I, I want to ask you uh i mean i mean in terms of your practice as a as a buddhist mm. uh, and as a buddhist monk not just a buddhist 
uh, there's elements mm. of trying to would it be fair to say sort of strip down the ego or place the ego in a yeah. healthier place yeah. and that, that's completely the opposite to what um having a a, a device that does it's everything please a colossal challenge colossal challenge and i've heard very experienced very heavyweight monks even saying my phone is such a challenge um and uh, i mean in 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 personal way i i've i've struggled against this one a lot and i definitely saw that and this is my second time being a monk so when i i came back to do it this time i very deliberately did the first six months with a, a nokia brick phone that was uh not switched on a lot of the time mm. um but you know i still needed to use email and stuff but i would do that in a, a certain allotted time on a big machine um, mm. gave into it in the end and I'm now in a position I'm in an interesting position I spent nearly all of last year pretty well in retreat as they say well not all of last year but from about uh, from about when COVID hit and they all said okay everyone socially isolate and there's the weird thing that like you know a monk goes oh cool mm. um, just more doing what I do and I sort of stayed in that really until the end of this year and then I've had this strange thing, as you're aware of, of, of kind of emerging from that in, I won't say in style, but, you know, in a big way, because I suddenly yeah. I'm, I'm writing, I'm doing this website, I'm, I'm in communication with a lot of people, largely to bridge the gap that people can't come here and see us, Yeah, you know. Um, and, like, suddenly I'm just massively plugged in. Um, and I was very cheery about it. How does that yeah. feel to you? Because obviously, let's uh, actually, actually yeah. let me just ask you: How often, approximately, do you meditate a day? Oh Christ! Well, uh, I mean, <laughs> sorry. Shout out to the other team, Christ! Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> not, not as much as I'd like to at the moment. As I said, since January, it's been very, very full on. With okay, so before the tech okay. injection. I mean, I'm, <laughs> Okay, I mean, I try to not fall below an hour a day right now, but before the tech injection, uh, I mean, there was a baseline of six hours per day. Um, wow. Okay. And I mean, and now I'm very much looking forward to the the Tudong, as you know, when we go out next next month, yeah. we we go out and hang in the jungle for a bit. So I'll get a little bit of back to basics. There. It's funny you say. It's funny you say. Just for listeners or, or, or viewers, you, you say you go to hang out in the jungle. We are only actually really sort of fifteen minutes away from the jungle now, aren't you? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, not even that because I am being a, a died in the wool misanthrope. I have got the last house in Tamkabog. I am. So uh, yeah. So wow. uh, yeah. The basically the jungle starts just about. 30 foot away that way behind oh, me. Um, I miss it. I miss it, man. I, I, I uh, can't well, you come and see us again sometime. I will. When, you when will. You will. Less complicated. Um, um, in the world, but, not uh, for me. I'd be there tomorrow if I could. Yeah. But I will just say, sorry, I, we, we, we probably need to move on. I mean, let me try and wrap this one up. I mean, one thing that's interesting that's from this perspective, having been very out, for a long time and then very in and and looking forward to getting out again it's it's quite an interesting perspective as opposed to always being somewhere in between those two things and somehow trying to balance it and going is this too much or am i being productive it's 
and I sort of decided I had to embrace it after a week of going, okay, I'm doing a bit of this online stuff, but I must really try to not have it take up too much time. And then I went, no, let's accept that you've got to do this and you've got to somehow do it in a way that is, is, is not pathological. Um, yeah. And then I saw this very interesting thing. I saw this, I'm aware of the stuff people have been talking about, about these skewed, twisted visions of the world that you'll get via the various algorithms based on what you click. And so I sort of went, okay, do you know what? Why don't I just, instead of railing against that or, or being in denial about it, going, look, I did my own research and everything points to this. And he said, yeah, that's because everything mm. on your stuff points to this and everyone on someone else's points to something else. You know, I tried to go, okay, I'm actually going to use this as a training aid. I'm going to say it does what it does. Like, stop complaining about it. And, and it shows me uh, the worst side of myself, you know. Um, I mean, you know these three three poisons that we talk about. Uh, now that's really, that's really interesting. And delusion. That's really interesting that you say it shows you the worst side of yourself, which is actually a really good thing, <laughs> isn't it? Well, and... It fits so into basic Buddhist structure. I mean, I mean, one of the pieces I wrote a couple of weeks ago trying to explain this craving, hatred, and delusion, I used an analogy of uh, a modern analogy. I said, you know, some things, you know, you become aware of them and you want to pull them towards you. They draw you. Some mm -hmm. things you want to push them away. And some things you, you can't really decide. It's neither push nor pull, but you're not leaving it alone. You're still hanging on to it. So push, pull, or neither. That's the traditional way to explain when you're detecting these things in meditation. Is it pulling, pushing, or neither, but still involved? And I just went, well, the modern version of that is swipe left, swipe right, or down the rabbit hole. You know, it's like, mm -hmm. I do like these things. I do like these things. I don't like those things go away. And then the things where you just go, uh, and why am I still staring at this? I'm not interested in this, but like, <laughs> oh, I clicked another thing. And so craving, hatred, and delusion. Your phone. I love that. I, I, I love that that you can you've broken down Buddhism into the um, into the three main activities of anybody on any app. Well, <laughs> and of course, they've got to grab your attention in a short time, so they go for the lowest common denominator. And and mm. like, so yes, things I'm likely to just click on, do a lot of clicks on. It's the same kind of thing I always like. And look at the things that grab your attention. And the algorithms have no morality. They just see what works, right? And if I'm just scanning a bunch of stuff. It's like, and sorry, Ooh. that's such a great T-shirt. Algorithms have no morality. Yeah. It doesn't mean they're immoral. They just do what they do. Mm. Um, and, and then the hatred thing. It's like things catch my eye when I realize there's a few people I know who have just especially in the last year of, of, you know, feeling the strain, I suppose, have become sort of really obnoxious ranters or, mm. or especially putting out, you know, nasty views and like things that conspicuously make you go, what? Mm. R really? Mm. You know, um, those get your attention. Um, and of course, in a, none of it positively reinforces any of the amazingly wholesome ways we can use putting our attention on anything including the information coming from the internet, which might be a less dramatic kind of interest, like going, oh, well, you know, that's not generally my kind of thing, but hang on, let's take a closer look. 
for a little bit longer, let's try a little bit of investment. And that's really interesting. I didn't know anything about that. It's it not sounds, it sounds just reinforcing me, you know? Yeah, it sounds like you're, uh, you're treating it as some of the other things that you do uh, as a Buddhist and, and what I've seen monks do there, which is the challenges are the, the, the treasures in some way. Uh, the, yeah. the thing that we're that are kind of not helping us and 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 causing any kind of right. suffering uh, are actually quite helpful to yeah. uh, to retrain the way that you interact with everything in in life. Oh, absolutely! And if we start getting into the idea of karma, I mean, the algorithms and the the way they're connected, they're getting so weird. I mean, everyone's noticing them, like going. I didn't click on anything like that. I may have said something like that to somebody or I nearly clicked on that. And I remember that I didn't. So why are you showing it to me again tomorrow? How do you know what's in my head? They're getting so sophisticated and so, and even they work fast because they work, AIs work faster than a human brain. It's like they're getting into really esoteric areas. And this, like, don't bother trying to figure out why you're getting this back. It's karma, man. And so it's like, it's algorithm karma. And so you look at this stuff and why am I getting it? And the one thing you can figure out is, well, I made this happen somehow. I'm doing something, whether it's an action, a big action I can remember sometimes, or a, 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 huge, a strange interaction of a lot of little things over time that's made this happen. The and so it is. I, sorry, it, I'm, you've made me see some this whole issue in a totally different and much more optimistic <clears throat> way because it sounds oh, like to me that the many years that you and I have nearly 20 years talking about uh the buddhist uh I would, trip let's call it um okay, yeah, trip. okay. It's, it's the buddhist trip that it's it's the journey um is actually uh, we're able potentially to uh, make the trip a bit faster because of the the terrible um, yeah, no. BD AI <laughs> that we're now being dominated by. Uh, Maybe I, I think we can. So that's what I'm doing. I'm trying is to it, use it as. Sorry, a what tool. I'm saying is tech is is mm. communication tech. No, is social networking um, mm. oh, yeah, a fast yeah, yeah. track to to nirvana. <laughs> Yes. I mean, utilize it. It's, it's, it's resistance is useless. So try and use it for what it's good at. And what it is good at is showing you how awful you are and in what precise ways. It's like, what are the things that you mindlessly lust after? What are the kind of things that you hate? And what are the things that kind of just make you yeah. tune out? So, a weird place, you know? so for us, I think, because we're um, lucky that we've been aware of, uh, mm. of there being a trip at all to try to, um, to, I don't know, to control our own behavior, understand why we do the things we do. There's obviously a huge um, number of, of human beings who, who, who haven't been lucky enough to fall down a hole and realize that there's elements of their behavior in their life that they can mm. change. Um, mm. So what you're saying, it, it, I, I, for you, I think, yeah, it's great. It's another amazing tool. But um, yeah. what do you think about if we look at, um, you know, just individuals who really are victims of algorithms that are uh, basically just there to uh, keep their companies and corporations mm. money and 
Well, it, it's doing horrendous damage, and you can definitely see it's doing horrendous damage. But then, I mean, there are some things where you just go, well, look, even if it's a challenge, we have to learn to somehow deal with it maturely. I mean, people can do appalling things to themselves with hamburgers. Yeah, you know, it's, it's like um, <clears throat> really, really appalling things. It's such a funny uh, thing. <laughs> and, you know, you don't respond to that by only making celery available. It's like, <laughs> it's the thing we got to deal with, man. And I just think, well, well, I mean, in some ways, it's not actually that different from, and I'm taking a Buddhist perspective on it, from what we already yeah. knew with the challenge of, of like, getting a healthy view of the world and a view of the way that actually you form your view of the world in by how you interpret signals coming into you. It's really no different. I mean, like people have this illusion that like you think you live in your head and it looks like you, you look out through these windows of mm. the eyes, but that's complete rubbish. Your consciousness is locked in the dark. It can't see or feel anything. It's like these little electrical buzzes, you know, if you, if you sort of wired into someone else's eyes it's just sending little bits of information it's the brain that makes a picture it's the brain that picks up little snatches of this 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 uh, dots and it joins a huge amount of dots saying oh i know what this is i know what this is it's one of them and um yeah even without using any technology how you literally will swear in court that you saw it you heard it and that's what it was um I mean, it's terrifying when you look at people actually doing a proper study of, of perception, you know, and even asking people what happened. I don't want your interpretation. What did you see? And like the police know this. You've got to take witness statements as quickly as you possibly can after something happened. And even then, when it's just right after something happened, the range of answers you will get is, is mm. terrifying terrifying that can make you go man are we living in the same world mm. and, and so that's, extent, that's a great suggestion that's a, that's a great suggestion that it's not that, you know uh you, you this is coming from something you said when in one of our conversations this year um you we were talking about facebook um which i'd love you to 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 retell actually in a minute but but just the idea that there's only one answer you know there's one mm. way that um that this story has to be told and of oh, course it's not yeah. it's not the case is it the only truth is that there are many truths uh depending on which angle you were looking at the story from there yes i mean many truths and some people will go yeah 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 that's a compromise that we do for so we can all get on but no, really, there are, and, and, and it's, it's come so much to a head in the outside world, what I hear of it uh, lately. We must learn to disagree in a civilized way, and, and disagreement can be practical. You know, it's like two people who know how to have a good argument is a wonderful thing, and it's not an aggressive action. It's like, let, let, let me test every part of my view of something, you know, like mm. I shouldn't just be speaking to people who already agree with me, who let me go, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it's like mm. we must learn to disagree in a civilized way. And again, you know, not a compromise in the name of peace, although let's not uh, downplay how good a thing that is. Um, 
but really because there aren't ultimate truths. I mean, look at this business of, uh, you know, free speech, mm. for instance. Is it a good thing or a bad thing? And I've got a, a fascinating perception of it being here in Thailand where there really is a move towards like proper authoritarian repression, which can mm. make me a little bit intolerant of thing, things I hear from the West where people are going, and I'm just going, no, no, that's not oppression. That is, no, that's not, you know, mm. I mean, I could show you, I could introduce you to some people who can tell you what it is. And, um, which is not downplaying these things, you've got to spot a trajectory. But here, you know, definitely, um, free speech is something we need to be shouting about. It's like, because it's beyond, you know, it's, it's, um, it really needs to be shouted about. There needs to be a hell of a lot more of it and we can apply it in a very random and reckless way. And it's got so far to go that it'll still basically be doing some good. And of course, you know, in the West, you can see that if someone just gets that in their head and thinks that no one has the right to even flag it up when I'm clearly being pointlessly obnoxious and stirring things up for no reason, then I say, well, no, I'm not against free speech, but maybe that's something you can calm down on a bit. Mm. Mm. And, you know, and what's your view about the, um, free speech in terms of, you know, your Twitter and, and your Facebooks and, and all of those platforms where there's so much being expressed uh, by mm. different groups and particularly what we might refer to as marginalised groups uh, or groups that have been marginalised for, for many years. Um, mm free speech is is you know um throwing up all kinds of questions well it is well i'll just say in the, in the digital space i mean yeah and i hope this doesn't sound too oblique but i mean you you mentioned you know two or more than two truths two opposing truths and we should always you know never try to reduce things too much and uh I think that really a, a sign of intellectual, ethical, moral, spiritual maturity, all kinds of things, is being able to hold two contradictory things in your head at the same time, mm. right? It's very, very important. And I don't see a problem with saying, if someone says, well, how should a person be? And I can give one answer. I say, so is that what you wish to impose upon everybody else? I say, no. Mm. I try to be rigor to rigorously police my own speech my own mm. right and i try to suck up whatever comes to me from anybody else now often people will completely reverse that you know all kinds of things all kinds of ideas like uh you should have one set of standards for yourself and another for everyone else you know and you should be super hard on yourself but you mm. should be this is what i'm applying to myself trying to be super hard i mean even the idea of virtue right and wrong we were having uh, discussions some time ago on the question of why has the idea of virtue being a good person good in become uncool and yes people often see virtue ethical standards as something to impose on other people mm. you know now definitely um it's the classic old rights responsibilities thing isn't it mm. you know yeah if someone is going to let me stand up in public and be heard saying anything i want well, that is wonderful. That is a, an amazing gesture of trust from them. 
and of course I should try not to abuse that. And of course I should try not to incite anybody who might be able to make a case for let's shut down people's right to speak mm. and be heard. It's like, and so yes, while I accept that uh, the right to speak freely and express yourself includes the right to be a dick, that's not the point of it, <laughs> you know? That really isn't the point. And I am getting the impression with some things I pick up from the West now that a lot of people think that is the point. I've got a right to be a dick and you don't have a right to to object. Hmm. You know. And we we'll have we'll have to wrap up in a few minutes, but okay. um um thank you so much for for um just uh, yeah just doing what you do <laughs> and expressing <laughs> your ideas. I mean, I, I'm, still I'm still remembering the back in what, 2003 or two, yeah, 2003. Um, just when every time you spoke, it, I either became a lyric in a song or, or then sort of progressed to me saying, actually, can I just record you saying some stuff? <laughs> No, we talk a bit of PRS there, mate. But PRS, yeah. is it? Eh? If I'd have had yeah. some, you would have. But um, ah, it's all yours now. Yeah. yeah. If if it, it, it's still that last um, line on my first album that uh, with, that you spoke on at the very end, and you just said it's all just craving and hatred, mate. Ask a monk. <laughs> And it's, I haven't come on much since then, have I? <laughs> Same old. Well, it's it's, on about craving it, and hatred. But it's, it's true, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, the more you see that, the more uh, the more things unlock, and you can see it on subtler and subtler levels. These are very harsh, dramatic-sounding words, but they can go to the the subtlest things, and even things that we think are good and wholesome. It's like. Do you detect that too much clinging to it, even if it's something that, you know, it is good to aspire to that or it's OK to object to that, you know, but is that taint coming in? And I mean, yes, Buddhism has got so much complex stuff, so many lists and principles and things that are so much more complicated than that list. But um, yeah, no, 20 years later. I stand by that statement that you quoted there. <laughs> it's all just craving an anchor. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much for um, joining and staying up late. So I know that you'll be up early uh, <laughs> with the rest of the Sangha. Uh, that was um, exciting. Yeah, Prabhupada Supara. Thank you so much. Thank you, man. Oh. Oh, thank you. Lovely little. Thank you.